this. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story, recording live from Gainesville, I believe, yeah, Florida. Yeah, I think we're still in Gainesville. Yeah. yeah. In a second floor apartment that is uh, Florida E. It is. Not it is. Florida Gators E, just Florida Yeah, yeah. It feels like Florida. It feels like a movie set. You know, feels like swamplands of Gainesville, Florida. But uh, I, I, the laptop is on a table. That has sand and seashells <laughs> and a starfish. Yeah, yeah. Like real stuff here. We we visited Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, just opened in Gainesville a little over a month ago. Excellent friendly waiter, Jimmy. Yeah. I think you might listen, be your best friend. Listen, uh, if you go to Spurrier's in Celebration, Florida. That's right. You ask for Jimmy. There are two Jimmies. Jimmy ask, Wilson. Ask for Jimmy Wilson. Because right. there are two. Right. Don't ask for the other Jimmy. Ask for Jimmy right. Wilson. We don't know anything about the other Jimmy. He might, he be, might be good, but I, I can vouch for Jimmy Wilson. Right. And most of the stuff there turns out gluten-free. Yeah, very, apparently. So. Cheese, cheesy rolls, very good. Yeah. Burger was good. What'd you have? Uh, I had the lobster and crab cake. Yes. yes. It was delightful. Good. You got some cookies. Uh, yeah. Mrs. Furrier. Made by Mrs. Furrier herself, apparently. Or at least... Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a, been a good start. We're here. We're ready to go. Less than 48 hours until the Gators and the Tide, and and then a little more than 48 hours until the Devils and the BYU Cougars. So it's a top 25 matchup for ASU. BYU coming off a stellar home victory against Utah. Gets to play in front of that same crowd in their whiteout game against the Sun Devils. Yeah. Uh, ASU should have their full complement of running backs this Sounds week. Like it. Yeah. Uh, which is going to be needed. Um, look, this is a significant step up. Oh, for sure. For sure. And and maybe tougher than, I can only speak for myself, than what I thought at the beginning of the season. Well, they were they were trying to replace a first-round quarterback. Right. and You would have thought they... there would be some step back, and maybe there still will be. I mean, they didn't play a very tough schedule last year. Obviously, that wasn't their fault, but you know, they didn't play any major conference opponents. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they haven't been as explosive offensively, but they've been pretty good. And, and obviously defensively, they've been really good. Now, Arizona, I don't know if you put much meaning in that, but beating Utah is a, is a good win. And I mean, Utah and ASU were both kind of considered, you know, the same type of team and they beat Utah. I, I think for ASU, one hope you have is, is that BYU is feeling really good about themselves coming off the, the win against Utah rivalry win, you know, a big moment for them. And, and that maybe they're catch them. You know, just a little bit, you know, taking their foot off the gas, basically. Yeah, BYU, uh, if they win this game, are in the driver's seat for the Pac-12 South. <laughs> yeah, they which, would be, yeah. But this game is going to be a, a different magnitude for the Devils because the, the Cougars are well-coached. They Their defense looks strong. Like you said, shutting down Arizona is not much to you know, right home about, but they also held Utah to 17. They and did, they did. Now, Utah's offense is usually not too explosive either, but that's the thing is, you know, we're talking ASU, and we're not talking ASU dirt cutter days. His offense hasn't been that good this year. Uh, Points-wise, I guess, what, you know, 40-something against Southern Utah, 37 against UNLV. But it just, you know, it hasn't felt like we've controlled the game until late in the game when we've just kind of put our foot on their necks against bad teams. Yeah, there's been no... There has been no smooth ride uh-uh. offensively. The defense has looked good, but even that took a little bit to get rolling against UNLV. It did. First two drives, I mean, let them 
go down the field, get a field goal, go down the field, score a touchdown. Now, you know, after that, I think, what, 10 yards in the second half? Or yeah. I mean, well, again, and they got in the backfield. They made plays. They it's, you know, I thought it was interesting, the story that came out after that game about them blitzing more because that's Antonio Pierce's answer when he gets upset yeah, is yeah, to blitz yeah. more. And, and it worked, obviously, you know, and, and as soon as, as soon as the starting quarterback got hurt, you can tell, I mean, which is, you know, gives you one of those lessons in recruiting. Justin Rogers was a five-star recruit. And this Brumfield kid I've never heard of. And Rogers got in and it felt like they have no chance. They can't move the ball. Now Rogers, you know, to be fair to him, he got hurt his senior year of high school. He's never been the same. Blew yeah. out his knee and, and had some foot problem that came about as a result of that. And, you know, but still, it was it was striking. Like, God, this kid was a blue chip, and he could not move the ball. And as soon as Brumfield came out, it's like, we're going to get them three and out every single time. And I think we did, pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, it was good to see, but, but boy, it's just it's taken us too long in both games to assert control, and now you're on the road against a better team. You don't have that, that you know, grace period to get 40 minutes into the game before you figure it out. Yeah, this is not going to be an opportunity to – work the kinks out anymore. Mm-hmm. If you if you start sluggish, you're going to find yourself down multiple scores. Yes, and then the crowd gets loud. And, well, and, and then just, you know, it, it then we have to rely on the passing game, which has, which you know, as we've talked extreme. about, has been bad. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, getting, training them back will help. <clears throat> but, you know, training them in white can only do so much. Right. They, you know, the receivers were... Okay, Bunkley Shelton is a possession receiver. Yeah. Wilson made a couple catches, but there's just a lack of consistency, and there is. and it starts you know at the head with Daniels. It lack does. of consistency defines his career. Agreed, agreed. It just feels like this this offense is you know it's just I don't know. Maybe it's because of Daniels. Maybe it's because of the way the game is called. Maybe it's because of our running game success. But you look at last year, you look at this year. It's only six games so far, but. Just not built to like drop back forty times and, and throw it and win. Like that does not feel like. And so if you get behind, which we really, I mean, you think about those six games. How many times in those six games have we been behind? Maybe UCLA last year. Yeah, where we, we down, yeah, where down. we had a comeback in yeah. the second. But, but I mean, SC, we were up the whole game. Until, yeah, you know, a minute to go. The two end games. The two last games, we were up most of the game. We were able to run the ball. These two games, up most of the game, able to run the ball. So, it, whether it's this week or soon, we're gonna have a, a test where we've got to come from behind. Whether it's seven, ten, whatever, we're gonna have to throw it more successfully than we have. So we'll see. I mean, it feels like. Remember, we played, I think it was at Utah, Daniel's freshman year. We fell behind, and Daniel's had a nightmare game. Yeah. Nightmare game. And, you know, and this game feels like it could go the same way. Where, you know, we didn't get blown out in the game. I think we maybe lost by 14 of them. But, you know, we couldn't get any offense going at all. Yeah. And you're asking a lot of this defense. You know, the one thing we talk about, defense travels. That mm-hmm. should be something that works to their advantage mm-hmm. here. But you're asking a lot. If this defense has to go on the road and and win the game, right? Like it's one thing if you tell them, "Hey, you hold them to twenty four, right?" Or you know, then we got a shot. For sure. gonna, but if you're saying, "Hey, they can't score more than 14. that's hard. Yeah. That's really hard. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and and what I've seen from our defense so far, I don't know if I see that either. I mean, right, you know, this like I know the range of the first two weeks has been Iowa. Iowa State shut them down. Like, boy, this defense is like, why, 
watching Iowa and watching us, Iowa's defense is much better, or at least so far. You know, our defense looks good, but not great. Not great enough to, to win a game on its own, basically. No, and, you know, it's one of those things where they've obviously done more than enough to win these games. Sure, sure. And you wonder, is there a, another level? But doesn't it certainly seem like Darian Butler's, you know, the only guy firing on all cylinders right now defensively? Yeah, in a way. I mean, you know, now it's... It, we haven't been in a real competitive game yet, so, you know, the impact plays that, you know, Chase Lucas or Merlin Robertson or, you know, there hasn't been a tremendous amount of opportunity for those, but they have been quiet. I mean, you haven't, you haven't heard much of Merlin Robertson's name. You haven't heard much of Chase Lucas, Jack Jones. Yeah. You know, now granted, we didn't face the best passing team, so when you single out the secondary, you know. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I, I'm thinking more about Robertson than, than Lucas yeah. because – if they're not going to throw at him, then you might not hear his name, and right. that might be the That's end. what you want, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and but Robertson's supposed to be a difference maker, and I'm worried that we're getting sophomore Merlin Robertson, yeah, at least it, to start the year. It's been quiet so far. Now, Tyler Johnson's had a couple of good moments, yeah. you know, throw him in there. The um, D-line's still been, even been without okay. Lole, has been okay. Yeah, but not, you know, without Lole so far, not really the difference-making group. Um, and... And yeah, I mean, you know, the it's just been okay. I mean, twenty four points in two games is is fine. There's nothing wrong. Oh with yeah, that. and if I if I believe that this was something they could replicate against Better BYU USC, yeah, yeah. Uh, then I'd feel a lot more confident. But I I it's, don't. It's hard. Well, and and you know, you, you have to water everything down with the fact that we played the two worst teams on our schedule. Uh, you know, and so you can't get too obsessed with the stats of like, well, we're averaging you know, 12 points a game allowed and we've got this many turnovers. That's what you're supposed to do against the caliber of competition we've faced so far. Now, BYU's offense hasn't been great. Colorado next week, you know, they've been very good defensively, not so great offensively. So it might still be a bit before we face a really high-powered offense. UCLA, I guess, is you yeah. know, week five has been pretty good. Um, but, you know, and this is, when you're on the road, it's just – tough and you don't want to fall behind because then you can't win it with just defense. I mean, it's a game that I feel like for us to win, we need to get out to a, you know, 10 nothing lead in the first quarter. You know, first drive, go down and score. Kind of Take quiet the crowd, the crowd out. a little bit, you know, and, and then turn the defense loose and turn the running game loose. And that's a recipe that you can win with, but it, it just, I don't know, maybe because it's ASU and maybe, you know, uh, it doesn't feel like it's replicatable, if that's the word, for ASU. Well, and it just doesn't seem like, you know, we're not Oregon offensively, where, you know, sure the defense can slip a little, but we're going to score 56 points. Right, like, exactly. You know, exactly. We didn't put up 50 points against either of no, our first two opponents. No, so, so it just it feels like that leaves us with very little margin for error. If we're going to, you know, try to win games in that fashion of, you know, get ahead then play great defense and run the ball and grind the clock. It's like, okay, that's a great plan, but what happens the first time you're down 21 to 7? That's probably going to happen at some point. You know, you feel like you've got to be able to come back. And a lot of ASU teams that we followed have always been good, but they have had that. Whether it's Andrew Walters, our, you know, freshman year, uh, you know, Rudy Carpenter in his good years, uh, you know, Brock, Taylor Kelly, you know, certainly – Burko's year, he was the starter. You know, you know, you felt like 
okay, we weren't a great team, but if we got into a 40-point shootout, we could hang. Yeah. It doesn't feel like we could hang in that now. No. It, you know, this, and maybe the, the answer is you go Herb Sendek style and you just say, okay, well, we'll just run so that you have less time to score. Yeah. But the yeah. problem is if that, it, you know, if you trade touchdowns for field goals on two drives, how many, you know, how, how long are you going to stick with the running game? Right, right. You know, I, I mean, it, it didn't hit me until I said that, you know, a few minutes ago, but I'm trying to remember that UCLA game last year. My memory's blurry on it, but I don't think we were ever down by maybe more than 10 at most. No, we were always in it. We, we were just in weren't. It. And we got hot in the third quarter. Yeah. Like, that was one of Daniel's stretches where he was, you know, Everything in was rhythm, good. and he was moving the ball, and he was throwing accurately, and we took the lead late. And, I mean, that was the crazy thing about last year is, you know, if games were you know, 57 minutes, we'd, we'd have gone 4-0. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, unfortunately, they weren't. Um, but, you know, we haven't found ourselves with this offense. Zach Hill, these receivers, you know, no Frank Darby, no, you know, Brandon Ayuk, who was here a couple years ago. Um it just it feels like you know the receiving core has been okay, but it no one's really separated himself as like a dynamic go-to threat. Well, and we spent so much time talking about how good that recruiting class at receiver was two years ago, and then how good the guys we brought in last year were. Yeah, and, and it's just you Not know coming together yet. And maybe this is the week Elijah Badger's supposed to be here. Yeah, uh, so he was maybe going to practice. I don't know. I mean, you know. They like, said that they thought, Zach Hill said he thought he would go this week. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe he's the answer. Maybe. But, I mean, he got good reviews in spring. You know, spring ball, he was one of the standouts. Um, you know, Wilson and Bunkley Shelton have both been solid in the first two games. Well, the not thing, bad, but just no, not but, great. But the difference between... Wilson and Pearsall in terms of contribution is negligible, and the problem is it wasn't supposed to someone is supposed to be the one. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and it's I mean, not supposed to be Ricky Pearsall. Yeah, it feels like, and I, I can't, I think it was whatever year we lost to Keel Harry. I can't remember what year. Three years ago. It was before Zayuk yeah. went the next year. Yes. Okay, so no, it wasn't Nikhil Harry. I'm going back for Jalen Strong. When we lost Jalen Strong, I think it was 2015, mm-hmm. he got drafted, in, or he was there in 14. Yeah, and I remember you know spending a lot of the preseason talking to you and saying you know I think it's going to be good we you know we don't have a focal point but we've got five six seven guys we and it wasn't no one ever really separated and and the offense got going by the end of the year but it took a long time for that to get rolling and this kind of is feeling that way too I mean when you extend last year to this year because I yeah you know which you kind of have to because last year was such an incomplete year um, you know it's like. It just feels like rather than having, you know, four or five good targets that, you know, it's tough to go in. We, we have four or five average targets, which is okay. Well, and the thing we is also we're, don't have a great quarterback. But we're not, you know, it's not like Alabama where you have, you know, three NFL wide receivers and it's like, well, how are we going to spread the ball right. around? It's we've got three competent wide receivers. Right. It, it's, right. it's the reason why... Kyle Williams was such a great fit yeah. because he was playing with Harry and Ayu. Yeah. And it made him a great fit yeah. because he He was a competent. He was Yeah. Yes. And he was an incredibly competent yes. Jake Reed to Chris Carter. Which you need those guys. You, know? you need those guys that will, you know, 
they don't they're not going to catch 15 touchdowns or you know 80 passes but you know you can rely on them and yeah just now I you know I say all this and I think and I don't mean to dump on Jay Daniels he's got his strengths but maybe it'd be different if we had a a better passing quarterback yeah you know if we had a I don't I don't know Keaton Slovis let's just yeah. throw him in there a more traditional passing quarterback maybe the receivers better because they're getting the ball in better spots or you know I mean it felt to me watching Saturday's first half in person I only made the first half because it was 110 degrees and dripping sweat but you know I felt like Jane Daniels really still is in that like one read and gone yeah and I know Zach Hill said the opposite he's the offensive coordinator and you know I'm not going to say I know more than him but watching it just felt like his first instinct was take off and run granted there were lanes and he was productive yeah, but it's like you know, you ask the receivers to be more productive. Well, if they're not, if he's not throwing the ball to them, how are they going to be more productive? You know, it's kind of a, a yeah, you know. It, you know, I think there's also a maybe a lack of arm confidence for Daniels. Yeah, yeah, because you know you're not going to get massive windows. No, no, you're you know, not. if you if. He's got a step, or the corner has his back turned. Yeah. If you think you're an NFL quarterback, that's it. You that's, gotta make that that's throw. That's the throw. Yes. You know. Yes. And it it, it, it feels to me, and maybe it's because the receivers are young, and you know he hasn't got the time with them, or whatever, or him that he exactly as you said, he doesn't make those throws. Like, and when he does, they're usually not successful. <laughs> you know, yeah. when he throws it into contested areas, it's usually incomplete. Like, yeah. and now. You know, with Ayuk, it wasn't the case. Certainly, I mean, he wasn't here with Nikhil Harry, but Nikhil Harry was a guy that it felt like, you know, just one throw on one, you could throw it to him and he'd make a play. And, again, I don't know. It's sort of chicken and egg. Is Daniel struggling as a passer because the receivers aren't great? Are the receivers struggling because Daniels isn't great? Or is it both? Maybe it's both. And, yeah. you know, but it, I just think at some point, whether it's two days from now or sometime in October, we're gonna, the rubber's gonna meet the road on this passing game, and it's gonna be like, okay, can you produce? Can yeah. you can you get first downs and touchdowns by passing the ball primarily? My feeling is, no, not right now. Yeah, well, and and what I'm wondering is, there are ways, and maybe Zach Hill can do it. I don't know, but there are ways to manufacture space. Yeah, like if he's not confident, then you know. Those bubble screens to receivers or running backs in the flat, tight ends, you know, camped yeah. out seven-yard curl routes, mm-hmm. just sitting mm-hmm. right in front of them. If he can't do it, then they need to add those throws right. in more. Agreed. Because Agreed. The, what they can't have is if he drops back and coverage is decent, the, someone else is going to figure out that you just spy him yeah. and it's over. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And, you know, I just, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I just don't know if I feel great about that progression. Now, we'll see. You know, I know you, you could you could argue they've been vanilla first two games. You know, you don't show your yeah. cards against something. But they've been tough. running trick plays. They've they been, have. You know, they have. They've so. gone, in, you know, if the answer is they went super deep into the playbook because right. they aren't going to show you what they're going to do all the time. Right, right. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. You know, like we said, we've, we've seen it before from Daniels in bursts. 
Oregon game his freshman year is the one that still jumps out in my mind. Is like he was very good. He was very productive. Um, you know, he made big throws when Oregon was making their push in the fourth quarter. He stepped up and threw that deep ball to IU for probably one of the two. I can't remember. touchdown in that game. But, uh, you know, they both had big games. Uh, it just feels like there's not that, there's not that threat. And, and you're right. You go back to that receiver class, you know, four, four or five-star guys. Yeah. And we've only really gotten production out of two at all. Yeah. Chad Johnson Jr., we've barely heard from. And we haven't and seen Badger guys. hasn't played a game. And Wilson and Bunkley Shelton have been good, but, but maybe not as good as they were well, built to be, at least I, yet. I think that Bunkley Shelton has done what everyone expects him to do. The problem is... Nobody else has. Yeah, the problem <laughs> is he's the most productive right. guy, and right. he was supposed to be the security <laughs> the Right, right. No, I agree. I mean, he's been fine, but he hasn't been... He hasn't you know, been world-altering. No. I mean, you, I mean, and I know this is you made a comparison, and it's not a fair, but you know, he hasn't been the Devontae Smith, who was you know, kind of like on the afterthought, like a Jerry Judy and Henry Rugg, and uh, Devontae Smith, and, I, and he ended up being you know, Heisman Trophy winner. Bunkley Shelton has been what he was supposed to be, but yeah. he hasn't been better, and you know, Johnny Wilson, Johnny Wilson was the, the gem of the class. He was the five-star he stolen from Oregon. Yeah. You know, he was the guy that you looked at and said, okay, if we've got a Nikhil Harry in this group, it's him. He hasn't been that. No. And I know it's only been six games, and I know there's excuses, but stuff like that, you see it or you don't see it, it feels like. You know, yeah. like when Nikhil Harry was a freshman, he wasn't as good as he was as a junior. But you saw, like, man, this guy's good. You, you just saw that, yeah. like, he's going to be really good. Well, because you can show up, and, and I mean, the, the problem with what I'm about to say is it's it's unfair to pretty much everybody yeah. else. But, like, Michael Crabtree showed up yes. and was, was the right. best receiver on the team. Right. And then was the best receiver in football for right. two years. And you just see it. You you know? just, I mean, there's, you know, there's something watching football that you just see, like, well, and you this see, guy's good. Well, the thing is, you see it with the running backs. Yeah. Trayton was a freshman, too. Same yeah. class. And you saw him, and you you're like, okay, that well, that's that's from something. From game one. Yeah. Remember the USC game last year? I remember texting you being like, man, this kid's good. Well, was the, there was you the know? play where, like, the, the guy from USC bounced off him. Yes. And then it was a foot race, and you just kept waiting for the right. USC guy to right. close, and he just and never he closed. Do it. You know, yeah. I mean, those are both Trayton and White in that game. First game we saw them was like, wow, these guys are good. They, you know, they jump off the page and, you know, six games in, and I know it's only six games, and that's half of a season normally for, you know, a freshman. Uh, but it's like at some point you got to see the special, and I'm not. Well, and the I'm other seeing the special. The other part of this, the other part of this to me, that's what makes this bad. Is the window with Daniels is now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, do I think he should come back based on what I've seen so far? Absolutely. Yeah. But for the, you know, he. The other thing is, you would say for the money he should go, but he's got a new car. He's got right. a pizza sponsorship. Like right. he's got and maybe some he money. does, but I, I, I think we talked about this before the season. I feel like if Daniels goes back to college next year, it's at another school. Yeah. You know that it's that it's a. You know, because especially especially if we have coaching changes, which someone's in play. Well, you have to assume that at least at the quality control level the and below, guys. We're, yeah, yeah, and and I mean, if Herm's done, which, which we don't know, but if Herm goes, I don't think Jay 
no way. Well, like, and I will say this. If Herm goes, Pierce is gone. Yes. Because yes. Pierce doesn't get to stick around to clean up his image yeah. under a new coach. Yeah. No, agreed. Totally. So, I mean, I feel like I feel like Daniels has, you know, prized uh, transfer portal written all over. I mean, he'll, he, he'd have offers. He's a good oh, player. Well, he's, he can run. He, he could go to the Big Ten and make a difference on sure. any of those For teams. sure. I mean, there will be programs – I'm off hand right now, but guys will either go pro or they'll leave or, or they'll have seniors this year that move on. And I mean he would he would be able to step right in and have a starting job somewhere else next year. So if I, I mean if you made me right now bet like where is Jaden Daniels in April of twenty twenty two? Still with ASU, getting ready for the draft or with another college, I'm choosing with another college. Just feels like that's well, I mean, it's first of all, it's the nature of college football. Well, right? realistically, I, you know, I think it's college athletics in general because yes. this is—it's you're going to see what Remy Martin did. Yes, you're yes. going to see him say, I, "I'm going to go pro," and then you're going to hear that he's also in the transfer portal. Yes, and, and then he'll and then he'll pull out and yeah, yeah. I mean, I, who knows? I mean, I we could sit here and come up with a team or ten that that you know would make sense. I don't know him offhand. But, you know, there's going to be a spot for him with a power conference, like you said, Big Ten, ACC, SEC. I mean, I could see him being a, an impact like, hey, they got a true freshman coming in, but they don't want to start that true freshman. Let's bring this guy in for a year, bridge the gap. He can, you know, we can compete with him, and then he can move on. Because right now he's not an NFL prospect. I mean, he's a day three pick at best from what I've seen. Yeah, he's, a, he's a project. Yeah. And he hasn't shown – I, and I, look, obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about, but he hasn't shown a Jake Locker level of competence at the no. college level. Which Jake Locker was overdrafted and a massive showed. bust. You're massive bust, but you're right. You're right. Uh, you know, I mean, a place that comes to mind. And I don't think he'd end up here because they've got a true freshman this year who's set to take over. But Oklahoma, I think of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and I think of what Jalen Hurts did in one year there with a really good coach. That's no and knock all on the Zach Hill. The world. All the weapons, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, Zach Hill, I'm sure, is a fine coach, but Lincoln Riley has pretty much acquitted himself as one of the best offensive coaches, quarterback coaches in college football. Like, well, I, I mean, all he's done he is turn out Heisman invitees. Yeah, yeah. Now they've got Caleb Williams, who's waiting in the wings behind Rattler, and so I, I don't think he'd go there. But I think of a place like that, man, if he'd go there for a year, I mean, that could be, you know, that could, that could push him into. A second round, first round prospect. I just well, and I see for me, I don't know what their situation is, but I think of a guy like Lane Kiffin, mm-hmm. and he is exactly the that type of guy of who Lane Kiffin would get a lot out of. That makes a ton of sense because Corral's a senior. Mm-hmm. They have a true freshman this year, but he's not. You know, Caleb Williams. He's not a five star kid. That's a really good thought. For yeah. a place like that, yeah. Well, and yeah. if and if you're him and you think no, 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 I I can compete at the next level. Yeah. Well, an interim step between the Pac-12 and the NFL is, is the SEC. SEC. You're right. No, it does. that that yeah, boy, you're right. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. I mean, maybe now of course Lane Kiffin might be coaching at USC. USC, and then he could go there. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Because that, that, that wouldn't that be something if Slovis goes pro and Daniels goes to <laughs> Daniels USC? Daniels at USC. It happened, man. It's happening all over the place. You know, strange bedfellows, it seems like. But I don't know. You know, maybe he'll progress. We have 10 games left. A lot can happen in 10 games. But I just am not seeing it right now. And, you know, now hopefully Saturday night, 
we'll see. Maybe maybe well, that's the time. Well, and like, the thing hey, is, it's here. Uh, you know, and we've talked about this at length. The spurts are there. Oh, they are. Like, yeah. I, but the problem is, everybody at this level can have, can have that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's stringing together not four quarters, but four or five games, games. where yes. you just everything's clicking. You're not missing. You're yes. making the right decisions. You're making the right reads. And if he's as good as everyone thinks he is, then it's Zach Hill's fault. And yeah. if he's not as good as everyone thinks he is, then he needs to be better. Which, I mean, you know, maybe it's a question that should be asked. Like, is Zach Hill as great as we've been told he is? We don't know. Again, only six games with him. Yeah. It feels longer because, you know, it's two seasons. But, you know, we... Well, and the offense install was non-existent last right. year until the season started. Right, which is tough. Um, but, you know, like, I think I think the feeling, at least for me, all I can do is speak to myself, is that Rob Likens was a nice guy, but probably not a great offensive coordinator. But we were moderately successful with him. And so you thought, okay, now we bring in this guy from Boise, who's got a good pedigree, but we should, you know, like a, well, like and a Boise, rocket take off. And Boise always has good offenses. Yes. <laughs> and and so it was just this feeling of like, boom, we're gonna just explode. We're gonna have this, you know, he's gonna get the most out of Jay Daniels. Maybe we're wrong. I mean, maybe flat out we're wrong on that. That you know, like, I mean, Herm's not infallible. No, <laughs> he's not. You know, like maybe Herm made a bad hire. I don't know. I'm not at all. I, like that's probably not even fair to say. But you know, maybe we, you know, you said it. Maybe we should think about that more too, and not just assuming like, well, Jay Daniels and these receivers aren't getting it. Maybe the, the system isn't good. So it's good for running, though. I mean, we, that's been successful. I, so. I'm going to throw out a theory, and I haven't texted it to you because I it's it is a quarter baked at best. Okay. But it was when you texted me about Lane Kiffin to SC. Yeah. Mike Norvell to ASU next year. <laughs> it, it feels to me like it's it's Shaka Smart going to Marquette. It's, From Texas? Yeah, yeah. It's an acknowledgement without an acknowledgement that, he's that this wasn't the right decision at Florida State. Yeah. yeah. He's, he makes some comment about how his, his family was at its happiest in Tempe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you never say never. In the, in the coaching business, you, you know, you just like enough weird things have happened. Guys come back to places that you think, how did that ever happen? Or guys go somewhere, you know. I, my thought is... First of all, Florida State has got to be patient with him. I mean, they just got rid of Tagger in his second year, right? That's, what, second but year. He, that's where we are with him. I know. And, you know <laughs> so that, like, are you really going to do that again? I mean, I know the Jacksonville State loss was, you know, ugly and a disaster. And, and it was right all after those. all of the good things yeah. that you did with Notre Dame. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the rest of their season brings. Like, because he has recruited well. He mined the portal extremely well. Got some good transfers, or you know, think good transfers, um, and I think he can still work there. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like I, I who knows? Who knows what the future holds for ASU? And that's that's why what we've seen so far from this team, even though we're two and zero, is frustrating because I'm like, man, I just like, I don't know what twenty twenty two brings, or twenty three or twenty four. And, and so it felt like this was the year, and I just don't see special right now. I said that to you after the UNLV game. I don't see a special team. Um, I see
team. Um, and, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I like Norvell. I like his offense. Obviously, it was successful here. And, and he recruits. Uh, he does. He does, you know. It was successful at Memphis, too. It was. No doubt. No doubt. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's intriguing. I I don't think it'll happen right now, but I'm certainly not going to sit here and say, oh, no chance. That's crazy. I mean, I, you know, crazier things have happened in college sports or coaching in general. So, it's possible. Now, I, you know, at least we don't want to get too far away from ASU, but I mentioned the Lane Kiffin, and you mentioned it earlier. I mean, is that crazy? I know it ended really ugly there. I think getting fired at the airport, you know, after an ASU game. But he's rehabbed his image a lot. Um, he's got a really good offense. You know, he coaches an exciting brand of football, which I think you need in L.A. You well, need to be and, and they've gone. They, you know, they, they're they're pretty far removed from the glory days. They are. But he's the only guy who could come back from the glory days. Yeah. And yeah. he did. I mean, so I can't remember. I think it was 2011. They went like 11 and 1. They were on probation. Mm-hmm. And then 2012, I think they started the year preseason number one. And it was a disaster. And they got yeah. fired 13. But, you know, he, he had me. He went to the, you know, Nick Saban School of Coaching Rehab. And then he went to FAU and had success. And now he's gone to Ole Miss and he's having success. He still, knows how, he still knows how to recruit. Yeah. He's he's a name. And, again, just a very exciting brand of football. I mean, you watch that Ole Miss team like they – I don't think Ole Miss is going to win the SEC West, but they will put up points against everybody. Well, there won't I mean, be a game where Ole Miss, you know, scores three points or something. You know, like they're going to well, score. The other thing is you're going to talk about it. Yes. And Which one is of, what they need in L.A. Yeah. Like that's what I was saying is like you don't want to let this slip – too far. No. And he will he will be the LA Times front page. Yes. He yes. will be sports talk radio and, you know, and, and fodder. Competition in LA might never be tougher than it is right now with his sports. The Rams are hot and the Chargers are hot. They both have new quarterbacks. Well, you know, Herbert's in his second year, he's young. Stafford's there. Brand new shiny stadium that fans are in. And you know, I mean, you saw it on Sunday Night Football and it's it's exciting. Both teams are exciting. The Lakers, really good. They got LeBron, Anthony Davis. The Dodgers won the World Series. They have tons of stars. Like Angels have Otani. Angels have Otani and Mike Trout sometimes. And oh, by the way, uh, UCLA you know, football's playing pretty well. UCLA football's pretty good. Yeah, you know. So I mean, the Clippers have. I mean, the Clippers and that would be the Lakers. You know, they've got stars. They made the conference finals. Like, it's tough. It is really tough in LA, and that's you know, like I was just talking to somebody else. You know, mentioned like Matt Campbell. Like Matt Campbell's a good coach. Matt Campbell is not going to excite people in L.A. He's not. You know, he, his, his brand of football is grinded out. It's Herb Sendak football. And yeah. that's not going to work for USC, I don't think. No. Not a chance. So, we'll see. We'll see. You know. Anyway. I, I'd hire him to ASU. Lane Kevin? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And he would. I he mean, wouldn't that's a, miss for ASU. But, I, yeah, I agree. If the money's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. And a chance to stick it to SC. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, Ole Miss gives him a chance to see it to Tennessee, so... In, in Tennessee, and, and Saban, and he loves yeah. to tweak Saban. And, I mean, he is, you know, I don't know if I told you this, like, they played the pregame video for each team and, at that game I went to in Atlanta. The pregame video for Ole Miss is probably 80% Lane Kiffin videos. Yeah. Him on the sideline, him getting off the bus wearing, you know, an A.J. Brown jersey or D.K. Metcalf jersey, 
him throwing his clipboard in the air for, you know, like, God dang, if he left midseason, they'd have to just totally, this video would be like 10 seconds long. Uh, you know, he's everything to them. So, like, it would kill Ole Miss if he left. Well, not kill him. It, it would sting, you know, because they really built the program around him. But, but he's but he's stung others. He has. <laughs> he has. Oh, without a doubt. I wouldn't really not going to LSU. Yeah. They get rid of Orgeron. Yeah. I mean, if I'm, if I'm LSU, man, I'm, Jumping at the chance for him. I feel like he's, as much as we say he's entertaining and he'd be good for LA, he's SEC, man. Like the SEC is where he's supposed to be. Because they love football and he can tweak everybody and, he, you know, and, and yeah, I just feel like this is this where we are. This is his country. He's not from this area originally, but this is him. He's an SEC guy and he's got, he's got LSU written all over him. Oh my God, they'd love him. Exciting offense and Going after Saban, and, oh my yeah, god! I mean, you know, like they love him. They love no, him until they hated him. But yeah. you know, uh, there's no fan base that hates Nick Saban more than, than LSU. LSU. There really is not. No. So I mean, I, who knows? It'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But you know, it'll be fun to watch this year. SEC West, man. I mean, like Arkansas looks pretty good. Ole Miss looks pretty good. Like a good team is going to finish last in that division. Yeah, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas. And that egg bowl is going to be real fun. Oh God, yeah. I mean, it, it lost. You know, I think they played last year, but it wasn't. It wasn't the same. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that'll be a blast to see those two go head to head, and you know, but uh, I mean, that Ole Miss team, like you know, I followed and continue to follow the you know recruiting of Arch Manning, and I didn't. And I, still, part of me doesn't want him to go to Ole Miss just because of the heat of you know being Archie's grandson and Eli's son and on or Eli's nephew. But, man, I watched that team for a half there in Atlanta, and I'm like, all right, I'm sold. Go there. This is this offense is awesome. I, you know, I'm sort of sarcastic, but at the same time, like, man, you will be productive if it's if it's Lane Kiffin. Well, and you'll anymore. be given every benefit of the doubt. For sure. For sure. I mean, he's, he's do, you know, good planning on their part. He's taking his visit October 23rd when they're retiring Eli's jersey. Mm-hmm. Smooth on their part to, you know, do that. I don't know which came first, but... Either way, it's perfect timing. So whatever whatever visit he took, that, that was going to be the time they were retiring Eli's jersey. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, who knows? We'll see. But but uh, it'd be fun to watch. And yeah, really, that I mean, we're seeing obviously the favorite in the SEC West, the team that's mostly owned the division the last decade, with a few exceptions, LSU and Auburn. But gosh, that's a that's a tough division. I mean, Texas A and M is like number six or seven in the country, but. You could argue that just this year they've probably been like the fourth or fifth best team in that division. Uh, I mean, they're, <laughs> you know, like, they're they're ranked that high, but they based on es- preseason, yeah, high. yeah, they escaped. Yeah, yeah, that they haven't been as impressive as Arkansas or Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Even Mississippi State. I mean, Mississippi State beats NC State pretty easily last week. That was a good win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, Auburn's been good. They haven't played anybody yet, but you know, like it'd be a, it'd be a race, man. I mean, LSU could be the team that ends up the odd team out if they continue to play like they did. Yeah, and and for people wondering, the the leash when you win a national title is that long? Like one year, yeah, <laughs> like one year. Now, I mean, not only the struggles, but the the scandal too, Darius guy stuff, and that's not helping him. But yeah, I mean, it's you know they've soured on you quick, and I I think I mean fans don't make decisions. Maybe he's the next SC coach. He could be. He could <laughs> he be. Could, yeah, it yeah. almost was it before. It was. It was. Should have been. Yeah. Yeah, probably should have been. But, you know, I mean, again, you don't pull your fans. But I think if you pulled LSU fans right now and said, would you throw Ed Orgeron overboard for Lane Kiffin, 80% of them would say yes. 
and another 15% would be like, yeah, probably. And, you know, I mean, like, they're ready to move on, it seems like. Everybody else is probably related to that. Probably, <laughs> probably, yeah. So, who knows, man? Who knows? Anyway, I guess we should uh, we should do our ASU-BYU pick. We didn't actually do that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the Cougars 35-23. We'll miss another extra point. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm thinking I don't want to do it, but I, I think I'm going to take BYU as well. With lower scoring, I'm going to say 24-14. Yeah, Something if we like only put up 14 points, but that see that's just that's how I see the game going is sort of like that Utah game. I think the Utah game a couple of years ago, we might only put up three points or something like yeah. that. But it, you know that type of game where we're not going to be like totally out of it. We're not going to be down like five touchdowns. I don't think it's going to be like a 10 to 14 point margin, and, and we're going to have a bunch of drives. It's like man, if we could just do it here, we get back in the game, and you know, yeah, just do it here. You know, it's just like the whole second half and be like, you know, if we could score a touchdown here, we're right back in it. And it'll yeah. never happen. But I hope I'm wrong, obviously. I, I hope this team shows us what we thought they'd show us. And it starts this Saturday. And who knows? But, uh, yeah, I don't have high hopes. Yeah, let's get that national title banner so we can get it taken away. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yes. And then one other, let's, let's do it, Alabama, Florida, since we're attending it. Give me a pick. Uh, I'm going to be rooting for Florida, but I'm going to take Alabama 55-35. Ooh, wow, that's a lot of points on the board. I like it. I, I, think, right. that, I think that Alabama will score every second half drive. Okay. I think it will just – I think it will be close, and then it won't okay. be close. Uh, I'm going to say Alabama wins. I, I, I don't see that many points, but not super low scoring. I'm going to say 38-31. Okay. You know, I, I think Florida gives them a test. Maybe it's 38-24, Florida scores late, or something like yeah. that. I, you know, I feel like it's halftime. You're going to think, wow, Alabama could, could lose. And then they'll assert their dominance in the second half and yeah. you know, end up. What, what I think will happen is Florida won't stop Alabama. But Alabama will stop Florida enough. I think you're right. I mean, Alabama's defense is, is supposed to be, and has looked at so far, the best it's been in probably four or five years. Yeah. Uh, now, Will Anderson is questionable. You know, they lost Chris Allen the week before for the season. You know, if they don't have either one of them, they won't have Allen. Changes things a little, but they, you know, they are pretty loaded on defense. And Henry Jones has struggled a little. He's had some nice moments, but he's thrown four picks already. You know, is this the game they unleash Anthony Richardson and, you know, let him really carry the offense for a good portion of it? If he's only in for a handful of snaps like he's been, I don't know if he may, I mean, he might make an impact play, but, you know, you, first time you're putting him in for a lot of snaps against Alabama, a little dicey if you go that route. So we'll see. It, you know, hey, bottom line, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's a, this it's another is another SEC a, stop on our tour. No. This is a this is big time. It is. This it is, is of of our stops. Without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, two top 15 teams. We've not seen that. We saw Alabama when they were number one two years ago. Yeah. But against Arkansas, totally overmatched. Completely and and without many Alabama players. True. No, two. Uh, yeah, and it didn't matter. That game was that game was over before it started. Um, and, you know, Auburn A&M turned out to be a great game, but neither team was great. Yeah. They were both pretty good. 
And LSU had a lot of good players. Yeah. So did Ole Miss. They did. But that game was not competitive. No, LSU was just was just better. But yeah, that Ole Miss. I mean, I was looking back at that just recently. That Ole Miss receiving core was AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Van Jefferson, all three in the NFL. Uh, Jordan Wilkins was their running back. Dawson Knox was their tight end. They're both in the NFL. It was, it was a talented offense, not so much defense. <laughs> and uh, they did stop LSU. They did so. not. No, LSU just ran. They had that, that fullback who was basically their Daryl Williams, I think, mm-hmm. might be with the Chiefs now. Yeah. He just ran all over them. And Edwards Alaire, I know, was the backup running back that night. Darius Geis was the starter, actually. It was mm-hmm. Geis and Williams, and then Edwards Alaire was, you know. Darius Geis' name is not one you want to throw around too much now, but... He looked good that night. You know, yeah. didn't, hey, didn't need to throw it much. I he was remember. a fine running back. He was very the, good. Very the rest good. of his life. Yeah, yeah. But I remember Etling was the quarterback, and he, I think he maybe only had like 10 attempts the whole game. And it was it was a, you know, grind it out, dominate physically. But, yeah, this this one, no doubt, is, is the biggest one of the four we've seen. And can't wait, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to be in the swamp. Yes, indeed. Uh, we'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. Spam Ben Sportscast.